0: All right. Hey, welcome to church today. My name is Andrew. Yeah, you can clap for that. My name is Andrew. I'm the lead pastor. I want to thank everybody for coming. I want to thank everybody that is watching us online right now in Facebook Live. Man, we had someone from India watching us last week, so welcome from India. Um, and whoever's going to watch us throughout our website at PassionLifeChurch.com, thank you for staying connected to Passionate Life Church. Um, hey, we, today we're, we're doing a message, a standalone message called Facing Your Giants. My hope is that you get inspired uh, today. Um, and then next week, next week we're starting a brand new three-part series called Afterlife. Uh, we're going to talk about what happens after you die. You know, the first couple of minutes after you die, and then we're going to talk about heaven. We're going to talk about hell. Don't ask me which week is hell because I'm not going to tell you. You need to come, all right? Like, and so uh, man, it's going to be a really great teaching uh, and, and discussion time for us uh, to, 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 talk about what happens, right? And, and what hap- what is going to happen to people that you love that might not know Jesus. And, 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 and hopefully it'll inspire us because how we view eternity really matters on how we're going to live our life, right? And, and, and so it's going to be a powerful series that's going to start next week. But this week, come on, facing your giants, okay? Facing your, your giants. And just because uh, man, you might be a follower of Jesus today, just because you are a Christian doesn't mean that you won't have giants. If if we look, at, we're going to be looking at the story of David and Goliath today, and man, they constantly had this enemy called the Philistines that repeatedly just popped its head up, okay? And so, man, they were always fighting, they were always battling, and that's what our lives look like today. We're always going to be in a battle. Just because we're following Jesus doesn't mean that we're not going to have to fight for, uh, man, fight for our freedom, right, And Jesus. And so today we're going to be in the story of David and Goliath. We're going to be in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17. Maybe you've heard this story before. Maybe you've heard it a thousand times. Uh, my hope is that I'm going to bring new revelation to this story today as we apply the Word to our lives. Amen? Come on, let's pray. We'll get into God's Word today. Father, I thank you for this moment. I thank you for every person that's in this room today that it is not by mistake that they're here, God, that you've planted them in this house on purpose, Lord. And Father, I just pray you'd open our hearts, you'd open our minds to the understanding of your word, God, that you'd help me communicate your message the best of my ability. Lord, we just pray that the Denver Nuggets would win the NBA championship, the Avalanche would win the Stanley Cup, and we're not praying for the Broncos anymore. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Awesome. Hey, facing your giants. Let's get right into God's word today. First Samuel uh, 17. Verse one through three, we're going to read it and then we're going to uh, we're going to unpack as we go. The Philistines now mustered their army for battle encamped between Soko and Judea, Ju- Judah and Ezekiah at Ephes Saul countered by gathering his Israelite troops near the valley of Elah. So the Philistines and Israelites faced each other on an opposite hill with the valley between them. Okay, so if you can imagine this, you have one army on a hill and the other army on another hill. And then you have a valley in between them, okay? And these two armies, they're at an impasse, right? And like I said before, the Israelites, man... The Philistines were this common enemy that always kept popping up. And, and how this relates to our lives today is that we, man, most of us in this room have things that just keep popping up in our lives, right? Whether it's stress or, or, or sickness or, 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 man, problems with the family, problems in your marriage. It's just like this reoccurring problem. And so here's the thing. We all have enemies. We all have enemies in our Lives. Let's continue. Let's continue. First Samuel 17, 4 through 7. Then Goliath, a Philistine champion from Gath, came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel. He was over nine feet tall. He wore a bronze helmet, and his bronze coat of mail weighed 125 pounds. He also wore bronze leg armor, and he carried a bronze javelin on his shoulder. The shaft of his spear was as heavy and thick as a weaver's beam, tipped with an iron spearhead that weighed 15 pounds. His armor bearer walked ahead of him carrying a shield. Okay, I want you to, want you to get an image of this. Okay, so this is three feet high. I, I measured it. And I am really close to six feet tall, Okay. I'm 5'10 and a half, okay? So I'm close. (laughs) And so I I want you to see this. I want you to see what the Israelites were looking at. They were looking at a nine-foot-tall giant. And and, and listen, this is what happens to our lives when we don't deal with the problems and the issues while they are small. We keep ignoring them, right? Right? Maybe they'll just go away. Maybe, maybe they'll just stop on their own. Maybe we'll just magically, our marriage will be better. Maybe, you know, and, and this is what happens. They, they, giants don't usually start as nine foot giants. Many times they, they evolve and they grow. And all of a sudden, one morning you can't get out of bed because you have a nine foot giant staring you at in your face. And and here's the thing, maybe you're not facing a giant today, but eventually you will. And so we need to know how to face our giants when they come into our lives. (laughs) People were nervous first service too. (laughs) Let's, Let's continue. Goliath stood and shouted a taunt across to the Israelites. Why are you all coming out to fight, he called. I am the Philistine champion, but you are only the servants of Saul. Choose one, man to come down here and fight me. If he kills me, then we will be your slaves. But if, he, if I kill him, you will be our slaves. I defy the armies of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. When Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. And so this was common during this time. Instead of, you know, a bunch of bloodshed happening and a bunch of people dying, uh, sometimes the armies would just pick their champion and send their champion out, and they would battle hand-to-hand combat, and whoever won uh, would become the victor. And, And they would do this so a lot of people wouldn't get Killed. Well, of course the Philistines wanted to do this. They've got a nine foot tall, you know, champion giant, right? And and what is so interesting, uh, historians will say that the Philistines, when they fought with Goliath, they would set up a wall of, uh, like, it's just a shield. They, all all the, the warriors would put up their shield, and Goliath would just stab people over, ne- over top of them. I mean, I mean, you're just talking about a weapon, right? Goliath was a, you know, just a a weapon. I mean, he was just a killing machine, right? And so, of course, they're like, "Yeah, let's let's do it this way," right? And and so Goliath is just cursing out the the the, the, the Israel army, and and um, this is and here, here's what we need to understand. Okay, here's what we need to understand. This was Saul's giant to slay. You see, Saul was the king at the time. He was the anointed one by God. Okay. He was six foot six, six foot seven. Like Saul was the man. Like this is why God anointed him king. He was a great warrior himself. Goliath was actually Saul's to fight. But here's the thing, here's the thing. And this is what the enemy does to all of us. Now, listen, we all have the same enemy and it's not your boss, okay? It's not your neighbor. It is the devil. And he's seeking to kill, steal and destroy our lives. And so he's looking, to, he's looking to do three things, okay? He's looking to do three things, and, and these three things are what Saul was feeling. Uh, three things that the enemy wants us to feel. Number one, he wants us to feel fear. Fear was stopping Saul from facing his giant. He was afraid he, to the point where, where he couldn't move. The second second thing that the enemy wants us to to feel, he wants us to feel intimidated by the size of our giant. He wants us to believe that problem, that issue in your life that's become a giant is bigger than our God and that we're just going to have to live with it. He wants to make us feel afraid. He wants us to to feel fear. He wants us to be intimidated. And, and, And when we feel those two things... Man, it can be hard for us to move forward, right? And and facing the things that God has called us to face, facing our giants. This This is what Saul was dealing with. And the third one is he wants us to feel comfortable. He wants us to feel comfortable. You see, Saul was comfortable. He was in his tent. He was eating his grapes. He was eating his food, right? Like, like he had people tending to him. Nothing was happening. There was no, there was no battle going on. And this is what the enemy, enemy wants us to feel comfortable and not ever face our giants. He wants us to be afraid. He wants us to be intimidated by the size. And he wants us to feel, feel comfortable. You see, this was Saul's battle that God would have have given them because he was afraid, because he was intimidated, because he was comfortable. He doesn't face his giant. And because of Saul's disobedience, God calls somebody else. And that somebody else is a boy by the name of David. So let's talk about David for uh, a few minutes. David was a shepherd boy, okay? He was a teenager. And a couple chapters before, there's, there's two things that, that I feel like we overlook in this story that are really important to the story of David. In chapter 16 of Samuel, uh, God tells Samuel, who was the prophet during that time, he's like, Saul is messing up. I need a new king. So I want you to go to this guy's house. His name is Jesse, and he's got a bunch of boys, and I want you to anoint the next king. And so Samuel goes to Jesse's house, and he goes to Jesse. Bring out all your sons. And so Jesse brings out seven sons. The problem is, is that Jesse had eight. And Samuel is looking, and, and he's just like, "Man, I'm not feeling it. Like God's not speaking to me about. Do you have anybody else?" And Jesse's like, "Yeah, I got one son, but he's kind of lippy and, you know, he's he's the he's the baby, and we just really need him to watch the sheep and just and Samuel's like, "Okay, I'll wait. Go get him." And Jesse sends one of his sons to go get David, and the moment David comes, Samuel's like, "He's it." And even, you know, even David's family didn't believe in him. I mean, even his family didn't believe in him. And so Samuel anoints David with oil. And whenever we see this in the Old Testament passage, that anointing with oil represents the empowerment of the Holy Spirit on someone's life. And I believe that David doesn't have the confidence or the power to face Goliath, without the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I think that's very important. Some some of you have been dealing with the same enemy and you've been dealing with the same giant for years. And I'm telling you, it's because you've never allowed the Holy Spirit to empower your life. This is what the, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit does. It amplifies the things in your life, like your talents and your gifts. It amplifies your security in God. Your confidence in God? Because then then, then we see, later on we see David is walking in the confidence of God. Why? Because he's empowered by the Holy Spirit. He is anointed by God. He knows at this point that God is going to go before him. And if God is going before us, who can be against us? So he is anointed by the Holy Spirit. He's empowered now. By the Holy Spirit. And listen to that, man, that's the gift that we have. The gift of the Holy Spirit that's living inside of us. And so, the other thing that I, that I think gets overlooked in this is that David had a specific skill set. If you've seen, uh, whenever I say this, I think of that movie Taken with Liam Nelson. I have a specific skill set, right? David had a specific skill set And, and he worked on that skill, right? It's just like, man, there's so many of us that are in this room. You're talented and you're gifted by God, but your gift is on a shelf somewhere collecting dust. You see, David had this ability to kill things with a rock. Okay. And, and he just didn't depend on the natural talent that God had given him, his natural athleticism. Man, he took that sling every day, probably for hours. Historians will will, will say they're actually these people that, that are professional slingshot people, they're called slingers. And they could they could kill a they could kill a bird out of the air flying. They could drop a bird. They were so accurate. Um, historians will tell you that almost every army during this time had several of them. And, and, and these slingers were so accurate. And the, and the rocks that they would shoot would be the size of golf balls or the size of tennis balls. And and they could shoot it up to 400 yards away. And they could be more accurate than a bow and arrow. And so this wasn't like a toy, right? Like this isn't... A, this, I mean, David had a serious lethal weapon, and we see that in Scripture. He killed a lion and a bear with it, okay? Like, like this guy has a skill, but he's working on his skill every single day when nobody else is seen. So, so, some of you are just waiting for God to promote you, and God's waiting for you to start working on your talent and your skill. And sometimes it's the things that nobody else sees, just God sees that he blesses and that his favor is over. And so David, man, he's got these two things. He's anointed by the Holy Spirit, okay? He's anointed by God, and he has a skill, right, that he's been, that he's been working on. So one day, Dad goes to David. He said, David, can you deliver some food? Can you grub hub, right? There's GrubHub back in the Bible, right? Can you can you Uber eats some food to your brothers who who are fighting this battle and then come back and tell me how it's going? So David David goes up there, he delivers food, and you know he's a teenager, and so he's like hanging out. You know what I mean? Like he's hanging out with with, with all the soldiers and hearing what they're talking about, and, and 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 one day David is 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 hearing he's hearing this this giant Goliath like cuss out God like and and the Israelite army and, and 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 david's like what is going on like like why isn't anybody doing anything about this why isn't anybody fighting this guy and they're like are you kidding me david this guy is a giant and he is a he is a champion and here's the thing here's the thing that they didn't understand right here's the thing that the israelite army did not understand and david understood is that there's two things that the enemy always overlooks in us. There's two things that the enemy overlooks. He overlooks the potential that is in you. You see, our enemy, the devil, does not know the potential that is in you. Only God does because God created you. And so he always overlooks the potential that's in you. And the second thing that the enemy always overlooks is he always underestimates the power that's been given to you. He always underestimates the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, that same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead after three days, like that power lives in us, and the enemy doesn't know anything about that power, so he always underestimates it. So David's like, well, man, like... (laughs) Someone, someone should do something about this like, right? He's like, someone should, should fight this guy. And, and So eventually David's like, you know what? If nobody's going to fight this guy, I'll, I'll fight him. And this word gets back to King Saul, right? That someone is willing to fight Goliath. And he gets excited for a second. And then all of a sudden he sees David walk into his tent and he's just like, oh. You gotta be kidding me. Because he knew David. He he knew who he, he knew who David was, right? He, he, he knew who David was. And, and uh, David used to play the harp for him. And he's just like, oh, you're sending me a musician? Are you kidding me? Listen, for some of you, some of your giants need some worship. So some of you need to praise in your pain. You see, God for this battle, God sent a worshiper. That's what David was. He was a worshiper. And for this giant, we needed to bring some worship into this battle. That's what Saul didn't understand. And that's what many of us, we wouldn't understand, man. Sometimes we just need to praise through our pain. Sometimes we just need to stop in the middle of the day when the enemy, is, the enemy of stress is coming, depression starts to rise his head up. We just need to stop and say, God, I praise you in the storm. I praise you in my pain. God, I thank you for the things that you've already done and that you're going to do. So he sends, he sends a worshiper to go, be, go before him. Let's continue in the story. 1 Samuel 17. Goliath walked out towards David with his shield bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at this ruddy faced boy. My dog, he roared at David, that you come at me with a stick. And he cursed David by the names of his gods. Come over here, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals, Goliath yelled. What do we see here? He, he's overlooking this, this boy. He's underestimated this boy. He, he doesn't know anything about what God has put in this young, young man. And, and listen to me, listen to me. Our advantage over our enemy is that he will always underestimate the weapons of our warfare. He will always underestimate how powerful our worship is to God. He will always underestimate the potential and the power of the Holy Spirit that's in us. Hebrews 4:12. This is so good. Hebrews 4:12. For the word of God is alive and powerful. Come on. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Man, we have some weapons that the enemy will always overlook and will always underestimate. And that, that's our advantage. That's, that's our advantage. So David, David's in the tent with Saul. And so Saul finally is just like, okay, David finally convinces him. He's like, Saul, I'm not going to go on my own, right? Either God's going to go before me. I'm not, I'm not doing this by myself. So Saul's finally like, okay, fine put 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 my you know put my armor on you like take take my shield take my sword right and, and and what it says in scripture is that David couldn't accept these because they were not made for him and so many times we we look at somebody else's life and we're like man I, I need to copy their life and I need to be like them and and it doesn't work out right it's this it's this comparison it's just comparison thing that just kills us, right? We, we compare our lives to different people and we can't do that because God is only, he's created one of you. And that's why David's like, man, I can't wear your armor. I can't do this because this isn't me. This isn't what God has created me to do. This has nothing to do with the skills and the talents that God has blessed me with and anointed with me to do. And so he takes off the armor and he begins to walk and he goes over to this brook and he picks out these five stones. And I love this. I love that he, he picks out five. Okay? Five is the number of grace. And this is what David knew. He's empowered by the Holy Spirit. He's, he's gifted. He's got, a, he's got a talent, right? But he knew that he still needed the grace to go before him. Just in case he doesn't calculate the wind properly, right? When he's, he, he's winding up, right? Just in case he's off a little bit. He knew that grace would recalculate. Come on, this is what grace does in our life. It recalculates our path, so we always hit the mark. And so David's like, okay, well, grace is going before me. Also, many scholars believe that David was preparing for what might happen. You see, Goliath had four other brothers. And so Goliath, and so David didn't know if after he put Goliath down, if the brothers wanted some. And so he's like, you know what? I'm going to be prepared for this battle. God's going before me. Grace is going before me. But I need to be prepared. If, if the other giant brothers are coming at me, they're going to get some too. So man, David was, re- David was ready for this battle. So he walks out. Let's, let's continue with the story. First Samuel 17. So David replies to Goliath, he says, you you come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you, come on, here's, here's another weapon, come on, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, and we talked about this last week. What scholars believe, whenever you see this phrase, that this is Jesus in the Old Testament, okay? So this is what David is saying. He's saying, man, man, I don't come at you with, with your weapons. I come at you with the name of Jesus, the name that is above all other names. The name, when I say, man, the demons shake, the devil is afraid. Like, come on, like we, ha- we have our worship. We're anointed by the Holy Spirit. Grace is going before us. We have the name of Jesus. The name that is above every other name. The God of the armies of Israel, whom you defied. Today, the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you, and, I, and cut off your head. This is why we read the Old Testament. Come on, there's good stories in here. Come on, And then I will give the dead bodies of your men... To the birds and wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. What I want to do, I want to go back up to that sentence that starts with today. Because I believe it's very important for us to to, to understand what David is saying there. He's saying, today the Lord will conquer. Okay? God, God has already given us the victory. He's already conquered everything. Stress, alcoholism, drug addiction, pornography addiction. Like like everything is... Jesus on the cross didn't say, I'm almost done. No, He said, it is finished. It's over. And so, and the Lord... It's already conquered. But, but, but but and then we skip over this. David says, now I will kill the giant. Which means we have a part to play in this battle. We, we have a part to play in facing our giants. Let's continue. Verse 47, and everyone assembled here will know That the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. Now, we need to understand that we are not alone in this fight. Like, God is with us, he's going before us, he's right next to us. We are not fighting this battle alone. Let's continue. As Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran out to meet him. Reaching into his shepherd's bag, taking out a stone, he hurled it with a sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in and Goliath stumbled and fell face down on the ground. Let's continue. So David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone, for he had no sword. Then David ran over and pulled Goliath's sword from its sheath. David used it to kill him and cut off his head. Many, many scholars believe that, I mean, because Goliath was so massive, right? His skull was so thick that the stone, right? Even though, man, it was a deadly weapon and, and they compare it to a professional baseball pitcher throwing a baseball at someone's face, okay? It, I, mean, it could, I mean, he could project that stone anywhere between 60 to 120 miles an hour, that that stone probably didn't kill that Goliath and just knocked him down. And for some of us today we've just not, God's given us the victory, right? And we, we experience victories in our life. But here's the thing, the reason why that enemy keeps popping up, this giant keeps popping up over and over again, is because we've let the giant stay alive in our life. We've let that sin stay alive in our life. It might be dormant, it might be dormant for a while, but it's still alive. And that's why there's times where, man, you're just like, oh, I thought I was over this. But, man, this this joy just keeps coming back. Why does it keep coming back? It keeps coming back because we've never taken the sword of the Spirit and cut its head off. And because here's the thing. Here's the thing. Some of us, we like the sin. We, We like it. And That's why we don't completely deal with it because we kind of like it, and so we don't. We don't want to. just put it away for a while, and until we get stressed out or something happens in our life, and all of a sudden we let that giant back in our lives. And, and man, what God is saying through this message today is, man, you need to get violent with some of the sins in your life, with some of the giants in your life. Because if you don't, they'll just keep coming back. And you will stay in this cycle over and over and over again. Unless you cut the head of the giant off. Come on, today's the day. Come on, today's the day where you, You step into the victory. The the victory's already won. God has already conquered everything that you can possibly imagine. It is finished. It's already done. But we need to stop being intimidated by the size of our giants. You see, Satan wants us to believe that our giant is bigger than God. See, that's what David knew. He's like, yeah, you're nine feet tall, but my God is a million feet tall. You know, like... It's not even a comparison. And he's walking in confidence because, man, he's not, he's knowing that he's not doing it on his own. That God is with him. God is going before him. And if he misses, grace is going to recalculate. we got to stop being afraid and letting fear keep us frozen. Some of us, we need to stop being comfortable. We need to We need to get uncomfortable with God. We need to step in to everything that God has called us to. Because he's given us the victory. He's given us the weapons. We just need to get serious with our giants. And cut the head off of them. Let's go ahead and bow our heads and close our eyes as we go into our response time. Maybe you'd say today, Pastor, I've never said yes to Jesus and I need to. Or maybe you've allowed the enemy to just distract you, to put fear in you and intimidate you and just keep you comfortable and you know today that you're not using your talents and gifts. You, you know today that you're not all that God has called you to. And you've let your giants hang out in your life. And today's the day where you say, no more. I'm cutting the head off of my giant, and I'm going to serve you, Jesus. Again, every head bowed, every eye closed. This is your personal declaration of faith. If that's you today, just slip up a hand. I just want to pray with you today. Yes, 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 yes. You can put your hands down. Thank you, Jesus. And I just ask that we would all repeat this prayer this morning as we help those making the greatest decision of their life today. Dear Jesus, I thank you for what you did on that cross. And I ask this morning that you would forgive me of all my sin, that you would come into my life and be my Lord and King. And from this day forward, I will follow you and I will cut the head of the giant off. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give them a hand clap today. Heaven is rejoicing.